Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the program. It's Columbus Day. I bet you didn't even know that, celebrating that today, but glad you're with us. Lots to get to. A little slower of a weekend. IU football had the bye week, so no Hoosier football really to recap or talk about, which, to be quite honest, I think I join in with most Indiana fans and in thinking that's a good thing after the start of the season and really how rough at times it has been for the Hoosier football program, but IU scheduled to be back this week. Michigan State, another tough game. We'll discuss that. We'll begin to break that down a little bit later today. And some big basketball news, not really the event. If you're a kid or just a diehard fan, you might enjoy this uh, new fan event that is coming to Assembly Hall here in a few weeks. But from an NIL perspective and from Indiana being at the forefront of allowing its players and creating opportunities for its players to get paid uh, a big deal, I think, in that front. So we'll have a lot of discussion about this new Hoosier basketball fan fest that is set for early November, which I think is a very interesting deal. And we'll have that coming up here in just a bit as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Monday edition of the program. In segment one, Zach Osterman of the Indy Star joins. We'll talk about this new fan event and the NIL opportunities it creates for IU basketball players. We'll also get ready an early look at IU and Michigan State on Saturday in football as well. Then a little later in the program, Nate Hawkins, he's the head coach down at Heritage Hills High School, is going to join us. And the reason is I know so many of you love following recruiting and like to know the latest with IU basketball from that standpoint. And Coach Hawkins has a player by the name of Trent Sicily, who is a six foot seven power forward. He just recently got a offer, a scholarship offer from Purdue. Coach Hawkins tells me that Cincinnati is going to be at Heritage Hills uh, tomorrow for a workout. And it's just a matter of time, I think, until Trent has offers from schools across the Big Ten and across this region. So Coach Hawkins joins. I want to get ahead of Trent Sicily, tell you all about him, learn a lot more about him because he's just a freshman, and uh, we're going to hear about him for the next number of years as well. So Coach Hawkins of Heritage Hills with us a little later in the program, and that's the show lineup for this Monday edition of the program. The show lineup brought to you by Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to stop by and check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well. And I want to remind you, the Thornton's text line is open. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, thoughts on IU Michigan State, thoughts on this new uh, fan event for basketball coming up at Assembly Hall in early November. 
502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of your best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and, of course, their delicious donuts as well. Let's get into our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. This fan event I'm talking about, it's called Hoosier Basketball Fan Fest. It's presented by the Mark Cuban Foundation. It's really being organized by a third party. This is very interesting, and maybe it's just my sports marketing background, but a third-party company basically coming in and organizing a preseason event for fans. I assume that they are renting Assembly Hall. There will be tickets that go on sale a little later this week. I've been told that they are going to be very reasonably priced. But, you know, I used done preseason events. They used to have during Tom Crean a Halloween event where there was a scrimmage and also players uh, and kids, I should say, had the chance to dress up and get candy and all that sort of thing around the Halloween holiday. So I use organized these before, but this, I think, is only being done through a third party and probably only being allowed by IU because it's an opportunity when it's done by a third party for IU players to get in on some of the proceeds from the tickets. I think I also read that the Boys and Girls Club in Bloomington is one of the uh, beneficiaries of the event as well. So very interesting, and I think if you're a fan of IU basketball and you're thinking about recruiting in the future seasons, uh, these events like this, I don't see Kentucky doing this. I don't see Louisville doing this. I, I'm not aware of any other school uh, that's doing it so far in the country, but to create an event in the preseason in their own facility where the players have a way to get paid, I think is remarkable and shows that Indiana uh, is not just talking the talk when it comes to NIL and creating opportunities for their players, but they truly are walking the walk. So this is very interesting. We'll get more into this event coming up a little bit later today with Zach Osterman of the Indy Star. But I think a very forward-thinking uh, idea here, and it's going to be interesting to see this thing play out and ultimately how it all comes together. But an NIL opportunity for the players, a preseason event for you to see it. It's being advertised as a scrimmage or an open gym, I think is how it's worded, which would make you think there's going to be some up and down play, slam dunk exhibition, three-point shooting event, shooting stars showcase, open gym, and much more is what the, the release on the event said. Again, November 6th is when this event is scheduled to take place, uh, 7 p.m. at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And tickets set to go on sale later this week at uh, October 15th. Uh, information available at HoosierFanFest.com. Also, a slow week in football from an IU perspective as the Hoosiers had to buy, but it gave us all a chance, I think, to pay a little more attention to Big Ten football. I know I sure did. And I tell you what, the Big Ten is, is strong. Uh, Ohio State uh, had a 66-17 win over Maryland. Uh, C.J. Stroud, their quarterback, threw five touchdown passes. He looked really good. Ohio State may be playing their best football of the season, maybe the best in the conference right now. And keep in mind, just a few weeks ago, we weren't sure that Ohio State was going to be the power in the Big Ten that they normally are. Also, when you talk Big Ten football, how about the Hawkeyes of Iowa? We knew when IU went there in week one, it was going to be a tough road game. But I think now we're seeing just exactly how good this Iowa team really is. It's not just a good defense. They are a very good football team. Uh, they have a path, as it stands now, to the national championship game. They get a big win, a really good showcase-type Big Ten game on Saturday 
over Penn State. And this Iowa team is very, very interesting to watch. And I think you've got to think that they have a really great chance to continue to make some noise this season. In Penn State, obviously, they shut out the Hoosiers in their last game a couple weeks ago. They battled Iowa very close, 23-20, a great game on Saturday afternoon. And Penn State, even though they lost, they didn't have their quarterback, Sean Clifford. So um, obviously him being out could have been the difference in the ball game. But uh, a great Big Ten game, my point. And Michigan is playing well as also. They went into Nebraska, who has a tough environment, uh, a Nebraska team that seems to be getting better each week and they get a victory as well. We mentioned Michigan State's going to be a tough game for IU this weekend. The Big Ten, really, from top to bottom, even through that middle part of the conference, is very good, and the Hoosiers have a tough one coming up this weekend against uh, Michigan State. Before we get to the spread for that, the opening odds on that game, this is remarkable. The new Associated Press Top 25 poll came out yesterday. Georgia's number one. They got 62 first-place votes uh, after Alabama lost. But how about this? Five Big Ten teams in the top 10 of the AP poll. Iowa is now number two. Ohio State checks in next. They are at number six. Penn State right behind the Buckeyes at number seven. Then it's Michigan at number eight, and Michigan State is 10th. And again, the Spartans are the next opponent coming up for IU football on Saturday as well. Michigan State now 6-0, 3-0 in the Big Ten Conference, and of course Indiana 2-3 and overall. Winless at 0-2 in the conference. The game is set for Saturday a noon Eastern time kick in Bloomington. And I saw the opening sports uh, uh, point spread in the contest. Michigan State a three and a half favorite as of a little earlier today. And I tell you what, Michigan State's good. Indiana, even at home, is going to have a real battle in that contest. A couple IU basketball recruiting nuggets to pass along. Uh, one really interesting, Indiana assistant coach Dane Fife. Uh, on a recruiting trip over the weekend, not in the country. He was over in Finland, uh, which you're seeing more of in the college game. Coaches going overseas to recruit. He's recruiting a player in the 2023 class. He's a point guard named Myro Little. And, uh, of course, Coach Fife over there for a few days to watch a game with, I guess it's the club team that Little plays on in Helsinki, Finland. The game was on Friday. Remember, IU offered Little a scholarship back in early September. He's hearing from a number of schools uh, at the high major level, but Indiana, according to his father, and a story that Jeff Rabjohns from Peegs published, uh, saying that the IU coaching staff, or at least Coach Fife, the first coach to actually make the trip uh, to his homeland of Finland. So IU uh, really pushing it right now when it comes to recruiting in the 2023 class. One other prospect to note from that same class, Ja'Kai Newton, he is from Georgia, plays at Newton High School. Uh, high school is a namesake of his own last name. Uh, he's uh, been in co communication with Indiana, and he has set a visit, an official visit to Indiana later this week that will begin on Thursday. And speaking of visits, don't forget that Gabe Cups, the point guard from Ohio, he began his official visit in Bloomington, a junior year official visit for Cups yesterday evening, so he will be on campus through uh, later on Tuesday afternoon, I believe is when his visit will come to an end. Our Zaxby's headlines continue. We have high school football notes from over the weekend. Probably the game of the week, uh, how things played out, was the Silver Creek-Brownstown game. It was a game that really was the championship game in the Mid-Southern Conference. I said Friday that Brownstown, probably the big favorite in that game. They might be able to win it by a couple touchdowns. 
and boy was I wrong. Silver Creek got off to a, a bad start. They trailed 14-0 at halftime and then trailed 28-13 after three quarters of play, but they came storming back in the contest, held Brownstown scoreless in the final period, and lost by one point, 28-27, in the de facto MSC championship game on Friday. I think Silver Creek just got it going later in the game, and basically it's one of those contests where you feel like they just ran out of time. As the game went another 10 minutes, Silver Creek may have been victorious, and of course they are the defending Mid-Southern Conference champion, so that was a big one for Silver Creek. But playing good football as we head to the postseason, we'll see what this Silver Creek team can do here in a few weeks in sectional play. Also, how about New Albany? First uh, time that they've clinched a share of the Hoosier Hills Conference in football in 19 years. The New Albany Bulldogs get it done Friday night, 48-27, behind a big performance from Darrell Simmons. Uh, he had four touchdown passes. He ran in for another touchdown. Now New Albany will host their rival Floyd Central this Friday, and that will basically be for the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship outright. So New Albany amazingly 5-0 and in conference play in the Hoosier Hills, but 5-3 and overall. They've lost to Bloomington North, Bloomington South, and Gibson Southern. Uh, outside of conference play, New Albany's had some tough go of it this season. Also, a couple other notes to pass along. Yogi Farrell, former IU player who had a, a decent NBA career at a number of different franchises, he uh, actually is now going to play in Greece. He has sound, signed, and I can't pr pronounce it, but it's the team that Rick Pitino uh, went to Greece to coach for, what, a season and a half after things fell apart at the University of Louisville. But Yogi will continue his career, I would say, overseas in Europe and Greece. He has a chance to make good money, be a star, and probably play for a number of seasons at the professional level. So some good years of basketball still ahead, I would believe, for Yogi Ferrell. That's a look at our Zaxby's headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break, and as we do so, a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. We'd love to hear from you, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Send in your questions and comments for Zach Osterman of the Indy Star. We're going to talk some IU basketball in this third-party fan event NIL opportunity for the Hoosiers coming up in the next segment. Also, we'll start to get you ready for IU and Michigan State on Saturday, a big challenge at home for Tom Allen and the football team. Stay with us. Monday edition of the Hoosier Report. We're back after this here on the Big X Sports Radio. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, my guest. Lots of IU basketball and football to talk about. Zach, I want to start with this Hoosier Basketball Fan Fest. I gave my thoughts on it in the opening segment. I think it's very forward-thinking, very interesting to see a third party come into Assembly Hall and orchestrate a preseason event. And 
probably most importantly for IU as far as recruiting goes, it's an NIL opportunity uh, for the current players on the roster. I'm really curious your thoughts on this announcement earlier today. No, I mean, I think I think the NIL part of it is, is maybe the most interesting part in, in terms of, you know, sort of an illustration of something beyond what I think we all kind of perceived NIL as, as likely being, which is, you know, local car dealership comes to all Big Ten point guard and says, will you shoot three commercials for, you know, $5,000 or something like that. Um, this is something more collective. Uh, it's something that obviously is also, I think, by, by all accounts, going to um, partly benefit the Boys and Girls Clubs of Bloomington, which have had a, a long-standing relationship with IU Athletics. George Taliaferro was, was so involved with the Boys and Girls Clubs here in town for so long. Um, and it's something that I think, too, is when I say it's collective, the other part of it is it involves you know, it involves everybody on the team. I think the other question lots of people have had for a long time with NIL is, won't this drive locker rooms apart? Well, this is, uh, you know, there have been other examples of it, but this is an example of, of actually how probably it can kind of bring locker rooms together. I think that the only question you really have is, is stuff like basically figuring out where the balance should be in these sorts of things. I think I saw that there's supposed to be a five-on-five competition uh, as part of this, you know, do injured players sit? Do injured players play? You know, how does that part of it work? But I think you can also, quite frankly, trust guys who play thousands of minutes of basketball to know how to go out and play five on five pickup and not get hurt. If you know what I mean, like how to go out and you know give people something worth watching that also still isn't so intense. You're risking some sort of long term injury. So. Um, that, that's probably the only part of it that kind of, you know, that, that flags for me just thinking like, mm, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of deep into your preseason. How are you going to handle this? But I think from the wider NIL point of view, I think this is an example of something. I don't want to say it's unconventional because I don't really think there are NIL conventions at this point, if that makes any sense. I think we are still just kind of inventing a lot of this as we go along, and that's fine, and that's how it was always going to be. But I think it is it is interesting, it is telling, or it is, I think, I, I, I guess, excuse me, I guess innovative in a way um, to do something like this that is kind of whole team oriented, is very fan forward, and also includes a charitable element as well. I think that part's important, too. And also, uh, let's uh, let's be honest. If Indiana wants to have a preseason event, they've done it before. I think during the Tom Crean era, uh, there were all sorts of, or, or each year there was a Halloween event for kids to dress up, get candy. Maybe there was a scrimmage involved. If Indiana wants to do this themselves, they would do it. But I don't believe players could find an avenue to get paid through it. So is this third party really all about finding a way for this new NIL rules and policies for IU players to benefit? Well, yeah, I mean, at least in the sense that the athletics department cannot facilitate, cannot directly pay players or facilitate payment. So, like, you know, the athletics department can't go to, uh, we'll just use Trace Jackson Davis as an example and say, Trace, we want to post a bunch of billboards around campus, uh, you know, and, and stickers and sandwich boards reminding players to, or reminding students to buy season tickets. Uh, we want you to pose for those. We want you to, I don't even know if they still have 
campus TV. They used to just have like basically nothing but old movies running on campus TV. But, you know, we want you to do uh, commercials for campus TV and we'll pay you X amount of dollars to do all that. The, the department can't do that. A third party can. And a third party, provided that it's, you know, a, a, I presume you have to pay like you would for any other event. You have to pay some sort of service fee to whoever. I think this is an assembly hall, if I'm not mistaken. So you'd, you'd have to pay the, the department some sort of fee for use of assembly hall, I would think. But um, the, the third party is allowed to compensate the athletes. That's where this comes in as well. Is um, the, the department itself can't do that. It also, it should be said, cannot facilitate that. So the department can't say at least in theory, not that this isn't happening, the department can't say, Trace, here's Andy Moore, he is a longtime IU you know, trustee, he has courtside seats at Assembly Hall, and he's got some local car dealerships he wants to, you know, and I don't want to be really clear when I say this, I am not suggesting any impropriety on IU's part. I'm using this purely as a hypothetical. I don't want anybody to hear that and say, ah, Indiana's doing X, Y, and Z, and the Andy Star said so. This is purely a hypothetical, but my can't do that either. Now, I know that, broadly speaking, there is some concern that that's happening, but I'd also say that, you know, quite frankly, at this point, I, I guess I just wouldn't, I don't know that it, it feels like, I guess I just don't know if that feels very much like a crime, if you know what I mean. Like, if, this, if, if the actual practice of NIL is legal, then that sort of, sort of, you know, facilitating a connection while I get that maybe the NCAA says it's not legal or whatever. I, I just don't know. If, it's hard for me to kind of know if you know what I'm saying. Like, it's hard for me to sit here and make a value judgment on that, essentially. So um, one way or the other, I kind of got lost in this answer. Forgive me. But <laughs> the, the third party element of it is what is allowed to make it an NIL thing. Um, and that doesn't, at least as far as I understand NIL, there's no rules about you know, being able to not being able to use like campus facilities or department facilities, things like that. There's there's no rules, or there are rules, but there are ways to basically request to use trademarks and branding and things like that. And you just have sort of collective agreements. Uh, in the Indiana's athletes have been going through a, a company that a lot of Power Five schools have used called Brander, which uh, allows for those sort of collective licensing agreements. The, the biggest piece of that is jerseys, being able to profit off jersey sales. But I would imagine that this sort of thing, if you wanted to use like the IU logo or IU branding or anything like that, I'm guessing you could also use that sort of deal for this as well. Um, but the third-party element is what allows the athletes to be getting paid. Zach Osterman, the Indy Star, my guest. Let's go to the Thornton's text line for a moment. Had a couple people ask, Zach, what's this big announcement uh, that Anthony Leal tweeted about? I saw the tweet. I don't have it in front of me to word it. To read it word for word, but did uh, that announcement, did that tweet have something to do, you think, with this big uh, fan fest announcement to benefit the players that came out, or is there something else we should expect to hear uh, from or around IU basketball very soon? I, I think it was the fan fest. I think it was, I, I, unless he's tweeted, unless he sent multiple teaser tweets, if you want to say, in the last couple days, um, I think it was the fan fest. At least that, that's the way I perceived that in terms of sort of how he teased it and then how it was announced. 
Absolutely. And let's stay with the Thornton's text line. You can send in your comments and questions, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Uh, texter writes, update on Noah Clowney. Zach, do you know anything about the recruitment of Noah Clowney? I believe all of his official visits are in the book now, and uh, there was thought that maybe in mid-October a decision could be forthcoming. Do we have any sort of news or update on Noah Clowney? I think the one question that I, I could not answer without getting in front of a computer and double-checking, one of his visits had to be postponed, I believe. Alabama, uh, maybe? Yeah, and I, I think he may have made it up like very recently, but I know that that was kind of the one snag in his schedule. Um, you know, it, it's one of those where, depending on who I talk to, it, it certainly seems like Indiana's got a good chance. Um, I've had people kind of tell me Alabama, and obviously, you know, he's a, he's a Southern kid. He's from South Carolina. Um, Alabama's closer to home. SEC basketball's probably a little bit more familiar. And Alabama, you know, you, you could understand anyone who'd want to go to Alabama right now. They're obviously doing very well. Um, but I think there's also just kind of generally been a perception that an obvious favorite has not emerged yet. And, you know, if you're Indiana, obviously your hope is that that, you know, that, that means that you're still kind of very much in the, in the running. And the other thing, too, is the other thing I'd say, too, is, and this isn't just specific to Clowney, but it could impact, is we're also at a time of year where a lot of guys are moving toward a commitment. And you might wind up in a situation where maybe there's a team that maybe it's not widely known, but in a kid's own mind, there's a team that's starting to sort of separate from the pack a little bit for him. And then, boom, they take a commitment from a kid in his position, and all of a sudden, that's it. You know, all, like, it, it, it's over. Um, there is no there is no further – there's no spot for him. And so he has to kind of, you know, reprocess his thinking and reexamine his list. So that's kind of the other element to this, too, when you've got – when you, I mean, we're, what, just a little over a month from the early signing window at this point? Um, right out a month, just about. You know, that, that the other element of this is – Spots can get filled up. You know, guys can guys can be taken one day, and then maybe they're not a take the next because uh, the spot in their recruit class gets filled up by somebody else. So, um, yeah, it, it. I mean, I, I certainly I, I think it's it seems right now like Indiana's still got very much a puncher's chance. Um, again, I, I, when I have sniffed around it, it seems like the the other school that's come up most often to me is Alabama, but I don't think anybody. Nobody has really said anything with a high degree of confidence. Nobody has just said flatly it is X or it is Y. And so I think we're still kind of maybe in the, in the clarifying phase a little bit, too. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indy Star on this Monday edition of the program. Another text, Zach, uh, from the Thornton's text line. Indiana's schedule this season, number two, Iowa, number three, Cincinnati, number seven, Penn State, up next, number 10, Michigan State, Still ahead, number six ranked Ohio State, followed by number eight ranked Michigan. Uh, what a schedule uh, for IU football so far this season, and uh, what a what a tough conference this is. This Big Ten is turning out to be this year. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got into a little bit of a Twitter debate about this yesterday when the AP poll dropped. Um, you know, on the one hand, you. You often sort of – I get people say, well, you got to beat who's in front of you. You know, and, and really, if we kind of look at the last couple seasons, Indiana's probably had 
2019. Northwestern wasn't as good as we thought it would be. Nebraska wasn't as good as we thought it would be. Purdue wasn't as good as we thought it would be. And Indiana kind of rode that wave, went 8-4, used that momentum to recruit better. Obviously, last season, Indiana kind of, you know, grabbed a couple early wins, some real momentum, and kind of rode that to, you know, I guess what you consider a historic season. It's sort of weird to say. It's hard to know what's historic when it's COVID and all that. But, you know, one way or the other, Indiana obviously had a very, very good season. And sort of, so you, you sort of say, well, sometimes you have good fortune, and the key is seizing that good fortune when it arrives. And sometimes when you have some bad luck, you know, Iowa turned out to be a lot better than we thought. And State turned out to be better than we thought. Michigan turned out to be better than we thought. Michigan State certainly turned out to be better than we thought. You know, sometimes you just kind of have to hold your hand up and say, well, fair enough. You know, it, it just it, it, we, we manage it as best we can, but we also don't, you know, kind of look at it as, oh, my God, you know, we're just a huge gang of failures. I think there's – it's obviously – in, now that we have the benefit of some hindsight, it's obviously a very tough year to have some of the the issues Indiana's had. Injuries on defense, Michael Penix not really being able to kind of find the rhythm and the confidence that we've seen from him at his best, and, and therefore, you know, just frankly, some of the erratic performances he's had, it, it, it's not been the kind of year where it, you maybe can manage some of that somewhat easily um, or more easily than normal, but you know, there's also, I think, that the, the kind of the, the driving point of my argument on Twitter yesterday was, you know, people will say, well, you got to play the hand you're dealt, and that's true, but if we're going to torture that metaphor all the way through to its conclusion, you don't win every hand. And, and some hands, you know, in fact, you probably lose more hands than you win. And that's not to say the season is a wash for Indiana by any means, but my point is you get dealt a bad hand, you know, you, you can you can bluff it all you want. You can correct it all you want. It may still wind up just being a tough hand at the end yeah, of the no day. Question. You may just no have question. to kind of cash it in. So, Zach, I know you've got a Tom Allen press conference to catch here in just a few moments, but I want to close with this. You can take it as long or as short as you want to with this answer. Uh, just kind of an, an opening preview on Michigan State this weekend. Uh, as discussed, this is not going to be an easy game. It's not the Michigan State team that we thought they might be this season. They have been really good. They've got a good quarterback and really have been somewhat of a surprise so far in their success in the conference. They have probably been, I mean, frankly, you know, the surprise, if you want to say, in the conference thus far. I mean, like, I think I'm pretty confident I picked them seventh in the east i'd have to go back and look at my preseason projections um but now they're i mean they've gotten much steadier quarterback play they've got an emerging heisman caliber talent at running back and you know they're just they've and again they've, they've sort of seized on some opportunities that's that's kind of the other other piece of this like when you look at for example in indiana with all of the sort of big challenges indiana had early in the season well you know, Michigan beat Northwestern in the opening game of the season. That's a Northwestern team that had to replace a ton of production and has clearly struggled. They whipped Miami, but that's a Miami team that has not turned out to be anywhere near as good as we thought. Um, they they struggled a little bit with Nebraska, but they beat them in overtime. And then obviously last weekend went on the road and beat Rutgers, a team that I think early in the season we wondered, hey, maybe they're a little bit better, maybe they're a little bit stronger, and and. You know, maybe we overstated Rutgers' improvement just a little. My point is, 
Michigan State's kind of the opposite of Indiana in the sense that they've actually been handed, I, I don't want to say they haven't earned their, their success, but they have been handed uh, a slightly easier schedule than what we thought they probably were facing when the season began, and they have capitalized on that. And so it's going to be difficult for Indiana, but it also feels, frankly, like a must-win game at this point because you got Ohio State on the other side of that, and if you can't win this week, you're suddenly looking at the potential for being two and five going into the last weekend of October. And that's obviously a very difficult place to be if your goal is to be bowl eligible by December. Yeah, no question. Zach Osterman, the Indy star, Zach, uh, we'll let you get to that coach Allen press conference and catch up with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always. Most definitely. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis star always with us Mondays to help kickstart the week from an IU perspective. And as we get ready to head to break, uh, just some, some high school basketball news. I know we're all excited in our local area about the upcoming season. We think we've got a number of teams that can be competitive and have a chance to have some, some good years and have some success in the tournament. Looking to Northern Indiana, a player that we used to talk about a, a lot on this program, Jalen Washington, who spurned IU for North Carolina in the 2022 class. He is having surgery. Remember, he missed his high school season a year ago, or at least a lot of it due to an ACL tear. Now he's going to miss his senior season at Gary Westside because of another knee injury. So uh, Jalen Washington probably takes himself out of the Mr. Basketball race. And Gary Westside was a contender in 4A North to maybe challenge Carmel, who should be really good once again and look to defend their title on the 4A level. So just a note for a guy we spent a lot of time talking to and following, he's had some really rough go of it as far as injuries, specifically knee and ACL injuries go. And uh, Jalen Washington will miss his senior year at Gary West. He'll be a big loss for Indiana High School basketball this upcoming season. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, our final segment will be joined by Nate Hawkins. He's the coach of Heritage Hills High School. We're going to talk about Trent Sisley, who's already got an offer from Purdue, Indiana, involved and lots of high major programs checking in on Sicily, a six foot seven freshman who is gonna make some noise in our state in future years. I know the interest in recruiting, so I wanted to go ahead and get ahead of that and have Coach Hawkins on the program. We'll learn more about Trent Sicily, the big freshman coming up here next on the program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you may listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report. You can subscribe, listen for free each and every day. And no matter how you're with us today, glad you're with us. Don't forget the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app for great offers and save on people every day. We'll head to a break. We're back with Coach Hawkins to talk Trent Sisley after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday edition of the program. Joining me here in this final segment today 
is one of the real good guys in Indiana High School basketball, Nate Hawkins. He's the coach at Heritage Hills High School in Lincoln City, Indiana. Coach Hawkins, you guys have had all sorts of success in recent years. I can think back to some great battles with Silver Creek in the 3A state tournament, which were really fun to cover. And the success shouldn't be ending anytime soon because today we want to talk about a six foot seven freshman prospect. His name is Trent Sisley. Uh, some folks may remember his older brother, who's now a freshman at the University of Evansville. But coach, you've got another big time player moving through your program right now. Well, first, Matt, I just want to thank you for uh, having me on today. It's always uh, always nice catching up with you. And, uh, you know, I know you just do such a great job with uh, with everything that you do, too. So, um, you know, uh, kudos to everything that you're thank doing. You, Coach. I appreciate that. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, as you kind of led into uh, talking a little bit about our program, we're, we're very, very pleased as, as far as where we're, our program's at. Um, at this time, and uh, you know, we've worked really, really hard over the years uh, to get it to where it is. And, and winning back-to-back sectionals is something that uh, we don't take very lightly. I mean, it, uh, um, it's very tough to win a, a sectional game, let alone a sectional championship, and, and move on in the tournament. But uh, we've had some great battles with uh, Silver Creek, as you've mentioned, and you followed as well. Um, and uh, you know, I, I really believe that uh, some of the kids that, that have graduated through our program. Uh, over these last um, uh, few years have really led us uh, into where we're at now as, as we go forward. But, uh, you know, a little bit about Blake Sisley, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a freshman now at the University of Evansville, uh, just doing a remarkable job there. Uh, their coaches are really pleased with uh, the work that he's putting in, and, uh, and uh, you know, we just uh, were able to get his uh, uh, senior Indiana All-Star jersey up on the wall just uh, last week, Matt, so... Uh, something that we're very proud of and very proud of Blake for. And, uh, and now we uh, turn the page and, uh, and we've got his, uh, his younger brother that's coming through six, seven freshmen, uh, you know, very, very talented. Um, a lot of college coaches like him. Obviously, we really love him uh, at Heritage Hills. And, um, you know, and the, the great thing about him is, is that he just uh, puts in the time and just continues to work so so hard and, and wants to just be great at everything he does absolutely coach you've had a lot of college visitors to your fall practices and open gyms so far purdue the mm -hmm. first school to jump in with a scholarship offer but the reason i mm -hmm. wanted to have you on today in addition to just enjoying talking hoops with you trent's going to be mm -hmm. a player that we hear about for the next four years in high school basketball he's from southern indiana and it's a matter of time for more scholarship offers to come his way what at this young age, obviously his height and his skill is a big part of that, but what is attracting guys in to see him play and also get, garnering this sort of interest and offers already uh, at, at such a young age? Yeah, and I, I believe that uh, his talent alone just kind of sets him apart from a lot of people, but his ability to score at all three levels, uh, Matt, is just incredible. Uh, can shoot it, he can handle it, he can take you off the bounce. Uh, can post you up. I mean, he's a, like I said, he's six seven now, um, you know, and uh, and I think he's going to continue to grow. Uh, but uh, he's a little different player than what his uh, his older brother Blake was. But uh, um, but yeah, he is. Uh, he's just something to uh, uh, just watch. I mean, and just the way that he can handle the ball and uh, 
and just has perfected his game uh, on the wing uh, to, to really make him special. But uh, I think those things in itself have, have set him apart. But, uh, but also the work that he's done in the classroom. I mean, he's a 4.0 student. And, uh, you know, and, and whenever these college coaches come in and you tell them that, you know, they're like, man, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of the things that uh, check the boxes off, obviously, uh, as, he, as they're getting ready to recruit him and stuff. So we, we've, uh, we were very fortunate with uh, such a great kid with such a great work ethic. Uh, but uh, but ultimately, um, obviously his his talent. I mean that's what uh, and his skill is what uh, obviously wows those guys. And and obviously his athleticism is something too. And and the motor that he plays with all the time is just something that is is special. And that's what you see at the Division One level, especially at those high majors. No question. Talking with Nate Hawkins, he's the head coach at Heritage Hills. Trent Sisley is the reason for the discussion today. I've got to ask this. I know it's very early. I think you mentioned Cincinnati is coming in today or tomorrow for a workout there at your school. But what's the interest level been like early on from Mike Woodson and the Indiana Hoosiers? Uh, the uh, the Hoosiers are very interested. Uh, I, I I am on the phone with them pretty much about every week, and uh, you know, and and we are going to our staff is going to go down and uh, they've invited us to practice we're going to come to practice they're still trying to finalize a uh, schedule uh, that works for them to get down to heritage hills so they're they're really trying to get down and uh, and see trent as well uh, really soon but they're they're very interested they've uh, they've confirmed with me uh, on that and um, like i said uh, i usually hear from them about um, you know once or twice a week at, at this juncture and and it's an early early stage obviously as trent is is very young and uh as just a freshman and hasn't you know hasn't even played uh, one varsity game yet but uh but they uh yeah they they are very interested as well absolutely coach hawkins of heritage hills my guest you know, it's one thing for a player as a junior or senior to start to really attract some serious college interest. And, you know, that's the point when you want to see offers come in, you want to see things get a little more serious. But for it to begin, really, even before he's played his first high school game, to me, especially in our state, when you think back about some of the great players that you've had that have come through other schools in southern Indiana, that signals something really special, I think, when schools recognize early on the talent, the ability that's there, and you get to see this thing play out really over the course of their high school career. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Matt. And, and uh, obviously, we've uh, I've had some some really really nice players that have come through the program, and uh, um, obviously, you know, Murray Becker's at the University of Indianapolis now playing, and Blake Sisley at the University of Evansville. Simon Sherry got recruited to play. Uh, basketball as well, but it chose to play baseball. But, uh, um, you know, when you think about uh, the way their recruitment went and the way Trent's is here, it's just two totally different things. And, and uh, I think that they've, they've recognized early on how special Trent is and um, what, what kind of talent he is and that they're not going to sit around and they're not going to wait. I mean, and, and that's, uh, that's what you see in, in as how the game has really changed as far as recruiting goes. Uh, for these uh, high major programs, they they know that they recognize them. They they go after them, and uh, and they have to right away. So, um, you know that's something that is really special. Um, you know, I know uh, from talking to Trent is that uh, obviously he is uh, early on in this thing, and and uh, he's going to keep an open mind, and uh, he's going to listen to 
to anyone that is interested in him and uh because uh he is uh just getting started with this thing but uh, uh we're gonna we're here to help him and help guide him and and give him um, everything that we can to to make him into the best player that he can possibly be because when he graduates from heritage hills we want to send him off uh, ready to go play in a in a high major uh, basketball program absolutely absolutely talking with nate hawkins coach of trent sicily He's the head coach at Heritage Hills High School. Coach, you're the guy with him in the gym every day, and along with his family, a big basketball family, by the way, the Sicily family, will be helping him walk through this recruiting process. What are some things, and again, he's just a freshman, so obviously there are going to be things he can do to improve his stock and to get more college ready. But in addition to just growing and body type and and strength, just the natural things maybe you don't always have as a high school freshman, what are some skill things or things on the court that you want to work with him on so when he does graduate from your program, hopefully after lots of success uh, there, he can go to a Big Ten program or a high major program anywhere in the country and be ready to contribute from day one? Well, I want him to continue to grow. And as I was talking to you earlier about uh, his ability to score the basketball from all three levels, uh, we want to continue to, to grow in that area. But uh, I, I preach with him and talk to him a lot about uh, we want him to be a great defender as well. I mean, I want him to be able to guard um, other perimeter players and, uh, and be able to lock them down and, and do some things there. And, and uh, I mean, that's, that's a big thing that we, we want out of him, and we think that he can get there. Um, and, of course, you talked about it earlier. I mean, he, you know, we all know he's got to get stronger. He, he's, you know, all that stuff is going to happen. I mean, we're talking about a 15-year-old kid here. Uh, but uh, but going through our strength and conditioning program, he's going his body's going to change over these next four years too. But uh, you know if we can get him uh, in that area, and then obviously on the offensive end, we want to continue to uh, preach about uh, decision making and and when is a good time to get rid of the ball, when's a good time to cut, when's a good time to flash. We want want him to uh, we want him to stay aggressive and be aggressive all the time, and uh, um, you know and and that's what we're gonna. We're going to continue to push, and uh, we want to turn those uh, those weaknesses. And I and when we talk about him, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses, uh, uh, but uh, but there's still a few that uh, few things that we can work on to make him into a great great basketball player um, here at Heritage Hills before his time is done and and he moves on to uh, his next level. Absolutely, Nate Hawkins, the coach at Heritage Hills, talking about freshman sensation Trent Sisley today here on the program. Coach, you know I love the game, especially here in southern Indiana, and I wanted to get ahead of this thing a little bit because I have a feeling that Trent's going to see lots of interest from uh, continued interest from Indiana and many other schools here in the coming months and years. Appreciate the chance to learn about him early on, and I'm sure we'll have a similar discussion down the line as his recruitment story unfolds. Yeah, absolutely, and I really appreciate uh, you you had me on here, Matt, and uh, it's always fun catching up with you, talking hoops with you, uh, whether we're in some some gym in the summer or where we're at. You know, we always <laughs> seem to we always seem to run into each other. So, uh, you know, it, it's really fun talking with you, and uh, it's my pleasure to be on your show. And uh, you know that uh, anytime you need anything from me, you know how to get a hold of me. So, uh, absolutely, but, uh, really, yep, I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you guys as well. Thank you very much. In fact, uh, New Albany and Heritage Hills set for a scrimmage uh, this year. I believe that's scheduled to be at Heritage Hills this season. Nate Hawkins, the coach at Heritage Hills. I've had a lot of questions about Trent Sisley. There you go. 
directly from his coach. Some information you may want to know as he begins his high school career. He's going to be a fun one to watch here in southern Indiana. The winner of the 3A sectional, whether it be Silver Creek or someone else, there's going to be some battles between uh, the winner of that sectional and Heritage Hills in future seasons. Thanks for being with us. Back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.